RPG. I'm Richie Buzzkill, and today I have the great pleasure to bring back to the show the OG homie, Diego Nagara, who has published about 30 games since the last time we talked, and probably is going to finish another two in the next hour while we're talking about one of his favorite subjects, Weird Fantasy. Thanks for coming back to the show, Diego. How you been? It's been a long time. Yeah, it's, it's been a really long time, right? And then because of the pandemic, it's an even longer time. Because for me, anything that is like before the pandemic seems like 10 years ago oh, or something. For sure. Like this is this is a different, we're in a different age. Like there has yeah. been a delineator. Oh, yeah. and we're we, in a post-apocalyptic uh, fantasy morning age. Yeah, so, yeah. For, for sure. This, this is like one of those apocalypses that we've always read about, except it was sort of dumber <laughs> yeah much dumber much much, much. yeah much yeah. dumber <laughs> we, wouldn't, we wouldn't believe it before playing this and people are saying yeah, people are saying that oh come on jam you're that's ridiculous people won't be doing this clearly yeah. they'll be smarter than that like why would this yeah. take out this many people and and bring us to our knees like this is this yeah. is ridiculous so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh yeah. So yeah, I've, I've 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 been good. I've been learning a lot, and, and I think getting better. And I I haven't written thirty games. I'm not that that fast. I mean, I have maybe like a five or six games already written that I couldn't get published yet. But uh, yeah, I've published some stuff and. I managed to to win an award, like the any gold any awards for the Oh congratulations, the man. Congratulations. That's amazing. Um we always forget to put in for the any so <laughs> it's so weird that you have to self-nominate, but I totally get yeah. you know for I mean, your work. That was the first time I think that was the first time any any of my work was submitted. Because I, I I didn't submit before. Uh, for me, for being like an indie publisher from outside of the U.S., the cost of submitting for like six judges uh, was more than I could pay initially. And then afterwards, uh, me and my partner didn't want to send stuff to, to awards for some reason, for reasons we had. And but with Gavin Norman and, and Necrotic Gnome, they send the the book, and I was really surprised just for being nominated. I was like, "Wow, I was not expecting it at all." Because they sent adventures for all, all the adventures they they published that Kickstarter. They they sent that that time, and I wouldn't expect mine to be the one nominated. Yeah, right. And and that's amazing. I really. Uh think that it's it's great that um we we get a, a, a slightly more diverse audience in that crowd once we get but but yeah the shipping of actual product to those judges is a high, kind of a high barrier to entry for a lot of people so yeah. i i'm hoping that maybe the you know the digital era will eventually catch up to those people and we can just send them pdfs yeah for, we, we, you now you can send only pdfs uh, but it's rare, rare to see any game that actually gets nominated that hadn't sent a print copy. I haven't seen that yet. Like, because when, when, they, when you go to the awards, they have all the, all the books that were sent that were nominated there, presents people can see, and they, they have the booth where they, they can buy stuff. So if you don't see, send your print copy, we will, what they will present there? I don't know. Right. Here, here's a screen with a rotating picture of yeah. the cover of the things that are, yeah, that, but yeah. It, that could work maybe. But yeah, I, I haven't seen that that there. Right. I went to the to two ceremonies, 
And I, I haven't seen anything like that. They're just physical copies. Right. Okay. Well, the, the, they're going to have to re do a lot of reformatting because they lost the Diana yeah. Jones Award. So yeah. <laughs> it's a whole, it's, it's a weird behind the scene industry thing, but they have to find a copy of the old Indiana Jones book. Uh, uh, game and burn it again because that was inside the award wow. <laughs> and they shipped it and did not certify the mail and lost it so <laughs> wow yeah pretty crazy uh <laughs> speaking of pretty crazy the topic we're, we're here to talk about is weird fantasy and i want you to just i'm going to take you uh, move over tolkien Step aside, Robert Jordan. Put down that pipe and finish your fucking book, George R.R. R. Martin. We're talking about a uh, weird fantasy where, you know, fantasy turns on its head. We got all kinds of genres, fantasy, horror, sci-fi, supernatural, all crashing into each other into this weird fantasy uh, tradition. Kind of... I, you said, oh, this is my jam when I said this. And I want to yeah. know kind of like how you find it, how you got into it. You know, give me give me a little uh, your back end for this. Well, my way into this was basically Dungeon Crawl Classics, you know, because I think before, I mean, before Dungeon Crawl Classics, I really liked comics, like the heavy metal, metal Hurlan comics. And I love them for, for, for the weirdness of it, the... the the art, it, it had some sexual content, and for a teenager who uh, didn't have access to anything that was cool too. And, and before that, we had like Master of the Universe, you know, like it's fantasy, it's sci fi, it's, it's weird stuff, and, 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 and Thunder Barbarian, and all this kind of stuff. But in RPGs, I, I would basically just play, you know, DD in Forgotten Helms or cyberpunk like cyberpunk 2020 i was really well separated either i played like vampire the masquerade or something that was really segmented out oh, this is horror this is sci-fi this is fantasy but with dcc i learned about the pop literature you know i i had already read like Tolkien or or basically Tolkien. i, I didn't even read hobbity howard or anything like that i read the conan comics but in the comics, they are more closer to fantasy than anything else. And with DCC, I learned that there was these other fantasy writers out there from like uh, more than 70 years ago, and they wrote fiction that wasn't really fantasy because back then there was no like, oh, this is fantasy, or just fiction. And their fiction could be anything. You could mix horror, fantasy... Uh, sci-fi, anything was there, and, and it, they haven't uh, really a label for for it. So they they played with all the genres, you know. Yeah, so, I think I think DCC might be the regeneration of this idea. Like I think all the guys that and all the people that wrote DCC all kind of really enjoyed like expedition yeah. to barrier peaks and a lot of those early D, &D yeah, modules I, like i can't forget another game that i discovered together with dcc that does this a lot and it's fantastic which is astonishing swordman source of hyperborea right right i i got into it right, right up at the same time i have like the first edition the box set set and and it was really just weird like it's it, it looked really like sort of sorcery but you see uh spaceships or or laser weapons or weird alien and Cthulhu mythos stuff in there because it's based on Clark Ashton Smith fantasy and stories, which is really uh, like a perfect mixture of, of H.P. Lovecraft and Robert E. Howard because they have like this sword and sorcery feel, but with this really uh, cosmic horror underlying it. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, it's weird because almost, it's almost like the 1920s and 30s was the golden age of this idea because they were like, the genres were not codified. Like, now genre is very codified. Like, you are in yeah. a very specific genre. But 
during the, that early exploration period, there was really not like all these weird fantasy pulp magazines did not. You could go from uh, uh, Conan fighting aliens to like, uh, uh, yeah, it's crazy, you know? crazy talk. Like John Carter of Mars from Edgar Rice Burroughs, a princess of Mars. Like you, like he was a world, a civil war soldier that yeah. got dumped it's on Mars. Know. Like <laughs> yeah. it could be Western. If you could do, do, do something there and then, then go for sci-fi and, 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 and it's kind of sword and sorcery too, because like in the desert world, they have like these giant seeds and people fight with blades and yeah, it, it, it just, it's, it's almost, more unlimited <laughs> than regular fantasy because yeah. you know you look at tolkien and jordan and martin they're very much the rules are set you you know that somebody has a document that tells you exactly how magic works exactly what the world looks like there is no like it all very cohesive and lit and laid yeah. out very nicely very smoothly and there is a lot to be said about that that you know but to me and I think you, the excitement of just being able to turn the corner and suddenly they're dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably, the problem is not Tolkien. I love Tolkien. One of my favorite RPGs is The One Ring. And I'm so happy to be writing for it now. I have a, a small adventure coming in a new book. Amazing. And Amazing. It, it's like really thrilling for me because when I, I started playing again after college, because I stopped after college, I played... Uh, a year and a half campaign of the one ring and it was probably my favorite campaign i ever played it was so good and but the problem is not that the fantasy like token like the elves in the forest and the dwarves in the mountains and there's this great evil lord the problem is that, that that's the standard that's everything you you find it's this it's the same thing over and over and 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 it started being repetitive and boring and, and predictable and and it's uh, it started to be an outer reference and you know D and D began uh, being referenced by by this literature and the, this fantasy these other creators so with more minds influencing something it's it's it it could be more rich but after a while D and D started reference itself so they didn't have all this other reference and, and started being repetitive you know and that's how this fantasy uh, opened my eyes to see that fantasy could be a lot more than Tolkien or D&D. And... You look at the original Appendix N, right? You look at all yeah. the stuff that's in there, right? It's There's a lot of weird stuff in there that we don't even talk yeah. about anymore that was definitely influential in Gygax and Arneson and all those guys yeah. back then. And and that, I think that's what DCC did is they went and looked at that and went, oh yeah, we we're gonna bring all we need that to back. bring it back, yeah. all that yeah. back. But and and I think there's just kind of like this underground. It it has a little bit more of that underground feel again. And I think that you and I we grew up with like loving that yeah. kind of like, oh sh, yeah. we got a comic book. There's some boobs in it or or some yeah. dicks or whatever. Like this yeah, is bands. I mean, I I I barely went to to rock shows of like bigger bands i went to like the the small bars and the dirty place that had like these punk rock bands that played from from your city or that city the next one or or from like oh they, they came from all the way from the other state all the way over the country and that that was exciting for me like i i know these bands that nobody else knows and and they're cool they pay really well yeah because fantasy you know? has become this very much like in the forefront People are spilling, yeah, spending billions uh, of dollars to produce somewhat boring TV shows about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, it's a product of mass, mass consumption now, you know. Right, where where weird fantasy is still too it's weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's still too weird to actually have a TV show like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Unless you count, like, some of the old uh, 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 Hercules and Xena where they kind of, like, ran out of ideas. Like, it's... It's when everybody runs out of ideas that they get off the track that's like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, they sometimes make, like, cool stuff, but they get canceled after, like, one season, you know? Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like uh, Firefly. It's, it's like, fantastic. It's, it's, it has horror in it. It's sci-fi, but it's, you know, yeah, it's horror, and there's a little bit of fantasy, too, because of the psychics. Know, powers and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they have the psychics in there. and It's and, Western. It's sci-fi. It's, yeah. 
Yeah, I would call that like weird sci-fi because it's not yeah. as cohesive as, you know, as yeah. a lot of sci-fi. Like if you look at, and I really love uh, uh, the, um, the love, damn it. <laughs> uh, it was just on, it just finished. Uh, it was a hard sci-fi show, but hard sci-fi is a lot. I like hard sci-fi, but it, the expanse, exactly. The expanse, I love it. But it actually kind of got weird when the alien stuff kind of came around, right? Because you had those the aliens that were all yeah. like in huge reactors with all sorts of people on them and stuff. It's but it's a very hard fi- hard sci fi show, and it wasn't like so. I think that weird sci fi, weird fantasy, and weird sci fi kind of. You know, it, it's very much a gradient. It's very spectrumy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a sliding scale. Like you can go from here, from here, and probably the weird can go from here, from here too. So it's like it's like alignment chart, like the D and D alignment chart, like <laughs> good, evil, and chaotic, and, and lawful. So it's I, weird yeah. and, and normal and fantasy and sci-fi. So you can put your stuff all the way over there right exactly so it just kind of like you can just drop your coin wherever you like and find yeah. something interesting and some kind of like influences from yeah different the uh just with just one area it's just 90 percent or everything that's out there yeah yeah so like all right so we love this right i think it would behoove us to talk about maybe like how somebody would play even if they've got just D, right how you would play weird fantasy right it's like even if you know and you got an amazing lineup of weird fantasy rpgs that they should totally check out old skull publishing go go to the website now anyway uh, and, and and um just like what how would you start are you talking about like a world you you pull them like down the rabbit hole like Alice in Wonderland, where you're pulling characters that are out of the straight world and then putting them in this kind of like weird world? Or are you talking about like, you know, what's your favorite way to get characters into weird fantasy? Like if, you know. I think all, all of these ways are are, are cool. And then and one thing that I, I'm like, I, I'm enjoying doing now is like begin the game as if it was was not weird, but just like a mythical stone like i'm making the primal wage which it's a, a weird stone and sorcerer game which means you have cavemen you have dinosaurs you have like uh ape ape folk or separate folk or like this beast kind of people but then you have aliens you have time travelers you have all this weird stuff for horror or maybe even cutuloid or mythos creatures there but I'm starting the game basically. So this is a mythical Stone Age. So you have uh, people, you have uh, dinosaur people, you have uh, bird people. So they start the game basically as a group of survivors from a from a, a, a tribe, and they start just adventuring, doing stuff they have to do, and they start witnessing weird stuff, like uh, some guys that have like super strength because they have a piece of alien uh, uh, minerals stuck in their, on their chest and they are like recruiting an army for something and they, they seem to be talking to some, someone that's not there, maybe it's a mineral or not. And, and, and they start meeting stranger and stranger things, you know. And like, they, they are from this world, but this world is getting stranger. It wasn't that strange before, but things are changing, the world is changing. And that's a fun thing to do, and I'm having a lot of fun doing it right now. And next session, they, they will witness some, something. like They probably won't listen to this podcast because they, they, they don't listen to podcasts in English because I'm playing here in Brazil. And so basically, they, they're like fighting the bad guys. They, they set one of the bad guys, they're either on fire, and <laughs> that guy is, is dying. Uh-huh. But the guy, the guy has one of the, the meteorites on his chest, but it's under the cloth, so they... They will see the guy dying there, and but they witness they, they just rising up with his face melted and just complaining. Oh crap! You had to do this with me. Right. I'm gonna have to punish you now because of this. You know. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's great. And 
I, I like the idea of you're you're in this weird bucolic like yeah you know that there are dinosaur people or or you know there are other other tribes of different kinds of people like and then they are tribes they are tribes like an inclusive type they they accept people from anywhere that you're exiled from so one of the players is a bird is a bird person they have they have a dinosaur uh, people a, a person there one just one because you know we. People arrive there and they they're accepted, you know, but but things are changing. Like there there's this weird people coming from the north, you know. Yeah, that that and that's amazing. That's an amazing way to introduce, you know, more weird as you've got this kind of like yeah. otherworldly uh, invasion going on, like you know, or you know, you could just be like walking down the street and you open the wrong door and suddenly you're in in wonderland you yeah. know that that sort yeah. of thing like oh being that fish out of water story i think is a lot of fun too it, it, you know you, yeah like you're in the you're talking about you're in the ocean and suddenly the ocean gets a lot bigger <laughs> right what if you yeah. get dumped from the pond into the ocean right <laughs> yeah one, one of the uh, archetypes i plan on publishing for this game too it's called a guy named Ted, which means it's it's a guy from California who eats like a, a full bag of mushrooms and just it's there. It's on, on this primal world with dinosaur aliens, cave people, and, and weird stuff. So that's a possibility too. You're, you're a guy from our world, so you you can play as, as someone that has all the knowledge you have right now, and and, and they will have a cell phone, which means like his magic item. Right. And he can do some some Google searches and, and stuff it's like that. It's still connected somehow. Like he doesn't know whether yeah. he's just like still in the trip, and he's like, yeah, because one of the weird concepts of of the setting too, it's that time is cyclical. So the past is the future, and the future is the past. You know. Okay. Yeah. No. That I I have. Uh... So the network could be on somehow. Yeah. Exactly. It's somehow it's still connecting through time yeah. and space. I have this yeah. like weird thought that like in the future that our the minds we have today are the tr the trash of the former civilization or, or the cities of the former civilizations that were on the planet kind of thing like that's my like daydream as I look at these giant piles of trash I'm like oh well that will, that will be the minds of our future will be the trash piles of our past yeah. well what if like a long, long time ago, that all these iron deposits were cities of the past that got covered over by stone. So you have this like oh, yeah. this continuity of like because nothing you can't create or destroy a lot of these minerals. They just kind of like reabsorb into the land, yeah. kind of thing. It's just a weird thing that every time I drive by a land uh, landfill, I always think about. But <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I have a, one adventure idea that some something related to that, like someone goes to the past to do just as you said, like put stuff on their land so they can be rich in the future. You know? Yeah, exactly. I just put a cask of a very specific alcohol. I buried it, and then I'm going to go to the future and then drink this very aged alcohol from this cask, yeah. right? <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 interesting because I think. You know, it's one of those weird things where does weird fantasy, do the worlds have rules or are we just kind of like, well, this week we're doing, you know, because like that's I think that's the dividing line between fantasy and weird fantasy sometimes is like, are there these rules that govern the world kind of thing is are you setting out rules or are you just saying like, just do whatever you want as a GM as long as it's fun. The rule of cool is all you really need. Or weird fantasy kind of thing. I mean, uh, first of all, I think we forgot to answer the your, the question. Did like, how do people start playing this? Oh right, and yeah, my, yeah. My answer to that would be the first the first thing I would be to play like a adventure model that that plays with that gem, so so you can get the feeling of what this is, how this goes. Like play a few adventure models, and then start reading fiction like this. So you can start having ideas and see how things can blend together. And after a while, you, you even don't need to to have these ideas. 
to consume this kind of media, you will mix stuff yourself because because in this primal quest campaign, I'm 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 GM, I'm mixing uh, Flash from the the, the the TV series with mm -hmm. The Walking Dead with Primal the the, the cartoon <laughs> and, and putting everything together. You can just mix stuff up. But if you start with something that's already made, some already thought about how to mix this stuff, it will help you get there and see how, how this can work and how this can be fun and how can this be something new for you to experience. And, and, and sometimes it's fun to, to see how, how different fantasy can be. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at... Um... You can get plenty of of your adventures, you know, old school publishing, skull pu publishing adventures, right? Or get those adventures, or yeah. the now a hundred DCC uh, modules. Yeah. You know, you could you could pick any one of those up and use it as the basis for any other game. Like that's that's the great thing about the way a lot of things are written now is like, eh, you could just sort of like use it in anything like my favorite is uh mutant crawl classics i i i love dcc but i also think that it's even better yeah. if you start in mutant crawl classics and just like everybody is a mutant or whatever and you're all a tribe of people that you're all trying to like get you know like try to yeah, have a home base game. yeah and and then you can just use whatever dcc mcc uh weird public you know whatever like you're like going to find. I have some really great weird fantasy with a heavy sword and sorcery vibe, but with alien stuff and ancient ones and Cthulhu stuff mixing in. So it's a good reference too. Yeah, great. So yeah, those would be. Yeah, you're right. You should go if you don't know where to start. Go find a module that you think the cover looks cool because that's all that matters. Just the cover looks cool. And then and then take that and just like try to run it or at least mo then you're, you're like, oh, man, that part's stupid. I'm just going to change it. Right. And that's how you start getting into. Yeah. Yeah. Getting into that, like more in your on in your wheelhouse. Yeah, every module you a good GM, you have to adapt somehow for for their campaign or their group because every group's different. But it, it really helps for you to see how things could be different, you know. Right. And then, uh, so like I said, is, is it when you're building these weird fantasy worlds, the rules, yeah. right. The rules. Are, are we, the are, are we, are we building a world with rules or are we just saying, well, these are the rules right now. Let me wait till I change the deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that can work, but it, it has to be some has some consistency. It's right now, and if anything change, if nothing changes, it will remain like that. Because uh, unless you kind of because in weird fantasy games, it can be quite easy to go for the gonzo, you know, for like anything goes and it's funny and it's weird and and, and it's whimsical, and and sometimes. That can be the game you want to play, and that can be fun, and and has a lot, a lot less rules, a lot more about just being cool and doing weird, weird stuff, and and having a blast, and that can can be fun. But if you want like a more serious, uh, weird fantasy game, uh, so you you have to kind of have some believability in the in the way the world works. So, as as I have in, said in the Primal Quest, it's a fantasy Stone Age, so. There is shamans, there is sorcery, there is dinosaurs, and there's different kinds of people, but that's it. That's like a fantasy stone age. But when aliens start appearing there, things start to change. So we didn't have technology, but maybe now they have something because of the aliens. We didn't have anything that could heal people because sorcery wasn't about healing, it was about transforming but maybe this technology has a serum that can heal people and that can be something different. I don't know. Right. Know? It could really change some people's lives if you have this yeah. different. Have have the players had the discussion, like what happens if I take that crystal from that meteorite from somebody else's chest and oh, try yeah, and stick it in they, my chest? <laughs> they witness for the first time the next session when the guy dies and just rises up with his clothes burned out and they will see the crystal just like, 
uh, emitting some kind of uh, dark radiation, and the guy just talking and with his face melted, <laughs> and kind kind of kind of pissed it off, but. He's, he he knew he wasn't going to die, so he right. he's pissed off. He's going to teach them a lesson, but exactly, you know. exactly. Um, but yeah, that having consistency and 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 like grounding certain things, but then having the makes the weird even more weird, right? Is like, oh, yeah. you're like this bucolic setting, oh, yeah. and then all of a sudden, like this spaceship like comes crashing through the ceiling of your yeah. your hut or whatever. Like <laughs> that's that's important. On, on, for the weird to be weird, it can't be just common, be everywhere, and and everybody know it's exists and it's it's something. For me, it's like uh, for the for the magic to be magical. For me, you can't have magic shops and magic guilds everywhere and and flying things with magic and all the cities illuminated with magic lamps and everything there so magic won't be magic magic will be something normal well it's technology of. like once once it becomes like commoditized yeah. and commercialized and it's everywhere right it's more of about a, a it's more of a commodity and a technology that's fully understood that doesn't to me as well like doesn't bring this like sense of wonder that i feel like magic should like it should be an yeah, impossible but, but I mean, thing right or at least something even technology that... even technology when and when it's not accessible it's rare it's it's like something super uh restrict it's still it's kind of a, it's kind of a wonder you know uh for me a space being in a space a spaceship it's, it happens here from for me would still be something like wow, I I can get to go to, onto this, but uh, yeah, there's a there's it, a transition point. Yeah, there's yeah, a yeah, transition yeah. point. Technology can be can be a wonder too. Right. You know. Well, just like the you know you're talking about ray guns and all this other stuff. Like we kind of have some of that stuff in certain certain yeah, labs, but, but right? Like super, yeah. Yeah. So. And, and if you put that in a game that in a fantasy game that has magic and, and stuff, but it's not commonplace, and, and there's like a a pistol that shoots magic, that's a, it's a magic pistol. It's technology, but it's it's something uh, wonderful, right? Right, and that's what we want from magic, right? And and it's not something you're gonna get in a lot of like very mainstream games that are very influenced by the video games, right? Of this yeah. single player video game of Final Fantasy and a lot of the other games. Final Fantasy is a lot, there's a lot of weird in Final Fantasy games, right? Yeah. But yeah. because it's a single player like grind that, that you're like playing through that you have these like magic shops and you have you have these shops that are selling potions and all yeah. this other stuff, just because the, the game would be impossible to beat without those things, right? Yeah. Where I think that's not true in an rpg and it doesn't have to be that way yeah and i think it's makes D and a lot of games and, lesser yeah. because they have that stuff kind of like built in yeah yeah in the rpg you don't have a, a path to follow like for final fantasy you have a clear beginning middle and end of the game and and for the rpg you don't have to you don't have that you don't have to follow stuff if you can't go through this because you don't have the the right tools or the right match kittens you can buy, well, go do something else, go go around, you know, the possibilities are endless, so you don't have to, to make sure you have everything you must have to win, you know. Right. I think that helps you. Yeah. yeah, you can't win every fight. We always say that here. We will continue to say it. There is not a... <laughs> you. Sometimes running away or tactically besting something is way better than standing there and hitting it with your sword so anyway uh i've got some patreon prompts we got some of the the hardest uh the hardest crew in patreon uh 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 our full metal rpg zealots um gave us some some questions so let's well, I'll d dive into these and like, let's see where they take us here. So Mike Marines, the homie Mike Marines says, uh, I've always wanted to ask, and I think this is the perfect guess for the topic. Why is heavy metal genre so influential to RPG community? 
I have to be honest, I'm not a, like a huge heavy metal fan. I like, I really like heavy metal comics, like the metal horror that's really influencing for me because of the aesthetic, the stories, the, the themes they explore. But uh, for music, I'm, I'm more like a punk rock guy, you know? Well, and... punk, punk rock, rock is just, uh, it was like a next generation of metal. It just happened to take another diversion. Like it's, oh, yeah. you know. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's because like the roots of the genre with like Black Sabbath and some of the, the kinks and some of the precursor uh, uh, bands to heavy metal uh, and they were all influenced by Tolkien, but they wanted it weirder because they were weird kids, right? They were all watching yeah. horror movies and they were like, well, I think there should be a, f you know, the, the song, the wizard from Black Sabbath is like one of my favorite, like tunes of theirs and it's basically about a wizard that travels the land and it's just he brings doom wherever he's going and but hope and doom everywhere like that was but it you know iron man and all these uh, things that that's the beginning of the genre and you get all these people that kind of took that and ran with it and i think that's that aesthetic of kind of tolkien being big in the 60s and influencing the roots of the genre really brought and punk rock as well. Like there's just this like aesthetic of like punching up in D and D right. That's the whole, like yeah. a lot of the is like, we're a bunch of farmers that should not yeah. be doing this. And we're going to go get these, you know, these Lords. But first of all, we have to go get some resources to do so. Like there, there is yeah. something very punk rock about the beginning of this. And it's all like, published on zines and and it it kind of yeah. like everybody's kind of like do it yourself attitude it's it's really for me for me for the punk because i had a band i had an indie band i went to go to this place and the do-it-yourself attitude has a lot of in common with the do-it-yourself indie attitude the osr attitude and it's exploring weird stuff that mainstream bands wouldn't be doing so we would do do the same thing with our fantasy games we do weird fantasy that mainstream fantasy won't do yeah right exactly it's like unlike being a game designer if you go to a place as a band you might get recognized so <laughs> put put your picture on the back of the book that yeah. that's my that's yeah. my that's my tip for all yeah. the designers out there if you want to be recognized you want to go places and and have people like talk to you about your stuff like like what authors used to do and still do is put your picture on the back of the book like hey i'm diogo i'm from brazil i'm i love all this stuff like come talk to me about my games like because i've had yeah, definitely some you can put them on the, on the flip side of the 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 back cover you know like right. that, that's exactly. the ear, you know exactly like yeah. i've had gigantic designers be completely overlooked like we brought big designers to oh, conventions yeah. and like dude standing right there talking about the game and then the designer's like six foot away and they don't know who he is like it's just it's just hilarious like it's it's a weird thing i would like to try and help people solve by putting pictures on the back of books anyways yeah, so, so some people don't want to be recognized which is like, fine if that's i mean the anonymity yeah. of a game designer is like you yeah. could be as anonymous as you like right yeah. <laughs> yeah. um okay so we got Realm of Jelly, aka Rob. You, if you've been caught up, Rob was on last week. Uh, he's super jealous. He, Weird Fantasy is such a brilliant genre. I would love to know what your favorite uh, games of the genre influences. You know, what what are your favorites that kind of influence this whole thing? Well, uh, as I said, the DCC RPG and the Stonehenge Swordman Sorcerer Hyperboyer were a big a big influence for me and then really shaped how how i see the genre and how i see fantasy because i wasn't aware of appendix and before dcc or astonishing sold myself for hyperborea and i started reading it because of them and and, and fell in love with many of the the authors and so those are my my big two and but i have to to talk about the heavy metal comics the metal horror that was from france and all the artists that that made the stuff and all the all the independent comics that were influenced by this publication and make weird stuff to this day like i, I love uh, a comic called space Raid, uh, raiders 
that it's like it, for me it's I, I knew about it after I published Sword Blades and Cosmic Spells and when I and got that book that comic book I said wow this is the the comic book that would be Sword Blades and Cosmic Spells and I thought if I couldn't license this this IP from this, I would make the RPG for Space Raiders RPG with this his art and <laughs> and it's incredible. Yeah, uh, so Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells is one of my favorites. Like I remember when we played, you you ran a short game for us uh, a w- long time ago in the previous age and long long ago, and <laughs> I really enjoyed that kind of like mashup of aesthetics. And one of the reasons I was like, I need to talk to Yogo again. Like it's been forever. We are now here, but I just you know, like I said, I love you know all this old metal music that has all this influence that has that turn turns things up to 11 you look at all the uh uh different um you know edgar rice burrows and hp lovecraft and all those guys that it's just weird and they're the only rule is they you know there's rules it's grounded but also uh, cosmic horrors that are going to eat your face because it's just it you're in the way like Um, yeah, my, my influence are a lot of stuff from pop media too, like eighties cartoons. So, so I, I get I get this stuff from the, the from the pop fiction, from from Robert E. Howard, Clark Ashton Smith, H. P. Lovecraft, Fritz Leiber, Jack Vance. I, I get all of that and mix up with with kids cartoons from the eighties <laughs> and, and and TV shows from today, and and that's all influences me. And I I, I I'm not a, a Purist, you know, I, I right. I steal from whatever I can, and that, and and thus is it. the correct way. The correct way is just yeah. to steal from the best, and also yeah. things that are terrible, but you can make awesome. Kind of like yeah. He Man. He Man is terrible, but also yeah. there's a bunch of shit that's awesome that you can totally steal from yeah. He Man. Um. <laughs> exactly that's exactly the point exactly the point like I, I i one of my favorite books of all time is like it's still like an artist and one of the first things you you learn reading it's like you learn to see the world making just one question is there anything i can steal from this yes okay no okay go just go yeah, ahead it's like it's just it yeah, sorts it just yeah. sorts real easy yeah. at that point yeah. um yeah <laughs> all right um uh toki aka jacob aka the latest our latest patron asked is weird set weird fantasy a setting or a play style or a both undefinable i think we talked about this a little bit but i you know i figure we just like set you know set the record i think it can be all of them actually but that's yeah it can be a lot of them because if you if you take the reference as the fiction that's that's Comprised uh, this weird fiction that we talked about, there's kind of a play style because it's it's not like the heroic fantasy. It's usually like the the adventure fantasy, the OSR mindset. Like these people are after their own interests. They they become heroes because somehow their interests align with what is necessary yeah. at that time. <laughs> but they're they're not usually not doing it for the like the the writers, I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do. They're doing it because it's aligned with something they want. They want power, or they want to save their loved ones, or they want knowledge, or they want just to to earn some coins, you know? Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think there's... there. You can, I think you can do it in any kind... I think you could do heroic, weird fantasy, but that's a different... It's a different thing, right? You're... You're you're setting up the world in a different way. I think we yeah. prefer more of a grounded, more of an OSR or a small group of people like encountering this weird stuff is more interesting yeah. to us. But I can certainly Anti-heroes, see anti-heroes. You know, they they are after their shit. They they will be they will do heroic stuff eventually, but they they have to be willing to pay the price too because it's, it's like a play style that isn't so forgiving. As uh, if it would be like a heroic weird weird setting with aliens and stuff, but the but the characters are really heroics and they would do these strange things. They're always assuming to win at the end. If you're playing this play style, that's that's 
aligned with the RPG that usually do do this kind of stuff, characters are are have to be willing to pay the price to be heroic, and sometimes you will die for for trying something heroic. Right, absolutely. And speaking of heroic, and this is a little off topic, and one of the, I made a joke early on, but M Little asks, how do you stay so productive? Because from his perspective, you have made a lot, right? It's a bit off topic, but I think it's a it's a worthy question. <laughs> yeah, I think if we look overall, it seems like a lot, but there there has been sometimes I, I sometimes spend months or weeks unable to to do anything, and but I started making something, I started small. I tried to write. At least 500 words a day, which is not much. If you, if you sit down and, and focus on it, you can get it done in, in half an hour or, or, or less. But sometimes I, I take more because I have other stuff to do. I have other things in my mind. But I try to... Small steps, you know. The, the secret for, for productivity is not doing a lot in, in quickly. It's like doing... Just a small amount, but every day, every time you can. So I think the secret for productivity, it's not doing a lot, but doing just a small amount, but with as, as much as you can, like every day if you can, just anytime you, you can spend like half an hour, just do something half an hour and, and that's it. Right. And that's, I think that's the only answer that works for anybody I've ever I listen to all sorts of podcasts about uh, podcast about the back end of business and podcasts and all this of and it's basically like just do it. Waiting for the moves and then writing. Right. No. No. Inspiration. Just it's it's labor. Just sit there and and force those words out of your brain any way you can. And if you have to write shitty words, write shitty words. When you can, we'll get back and and make them less shittier. And right. the next book will be less shittier, and exactly, one day will be not as as shittier as as you thought <laughs> as you thought you are. Exactly, um, yeah. So, uh, and then uh, Ten Man Prime ask, would love to hear his perspective on what Latman design Latin America. I guess Latin America yeah. designers are bringing to RPG scene traditionally dominated by said white dudes yeah. here. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think everybody can can bring cool stuff. The, the only difference now is that we are organizing to to call attention to RPG designers, and we have the opportunity to to showcase our stuff uh, in in other medias, and 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 people are more accepting to to know what we're doing. And because sometimes even on, on our own countries, sometimes I feel like. People from Brazil don't want to see games from Brazilians because they think, ah, oh, it's someone made it here. I want the stuff that the 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 real market is consuming, like the the stuff that the the foreigners are, are using. So when when this movement has has gained strength to to have a question being asked about it in, in a podcast, it's it's really nice and and gives opportunity for for people from different backgrounds and and different perspectives on what fantasy or what uh, a game should be and, and right and I think it's funny it's it's been really good and we're producing some really cool stuff uh, this primal quest game I'm making we have a lot of people from 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 Brazil working on it uh, I'm writing stuff we have a uh, Felipe Faria which is doing illustration we have Guilherme Gontijo on layout I have Felipe Salvaterra doing the cartography and, and and we'll bring something weird and strange, and and, and hopefully, I'm 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 looking to introduce more uh, Brazilian uh, prehistoric creatures on on, on the setting and oh, nice. the monster, and, and exploring this side. And we have ideas for for like a, a Amazon inspired mega dungeon coming in the future. So oh, sweet for it. That that sounds amazing. Are there any games you can like just recommend like right off the top that we should be looking for from other designers in in Latin America? You know, uh... oh, Gennady uh, Gontijo, the the person that's doing the layout, just released a solo game. 
inspired by these horror investigative films called Blurred Lines. It's on Drive to RPG, it's print on demand. The book is gorgeous. It's like a, a classroom on, on, on graphic design. And it's a really fun game to play. If you, you have a time alone, it's on the pandemic, you're at home, you want to play something different, something unique, something with a true Latin perspective. Get Pillar Lines. Uh, there's my stuff. There's stuff from Lucas Rolin. Uh, oh, Emmanuel Melo just had just finished, or it's still going, the, his Kickstarter for his Cyberpunk game. Uh, let me see. Uh, is it Cyber Plus Punk? Is that the, the, the yes? It's still going on the on the Kickstarter. Okay, because it's it's fantastic. I think it's still going. Yeah, it's ten ten days to go. Yeah, it's TBR Plus PNK Augmented. It's uh, a game written for for some from uh, from Brazil, and it's being released. And it's it's really nice small box headset. And it's really something worth checking out. That one looks really amazing. I knew about that one, but I didn't know it was somebody uh, designed it from Brazil. I'll I'll get you I'll get some links. And I'll stick them in the in the show yeah. notes for everybody because uh, I'm definitely gonna check out Blurred Lines. And I was gonna back Cyberpunk because let's just face it, I have a wall of Cyberpunk behind me. I need to collect more of it. So. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I definitely want to hear, uh, uh, maybe we need to do a whole show, bring on some of your friends, uh, get, get, oh, get, absolutely. Yes. get some more uh, recognition for people uh, that you know that are down there that we can, uh, we can get some more recognition. We don't have a huge footprint, but it's every bit helps. So uh. <laughs> yeah, there is, there is Gabriel from, uh, from Argentina that publishes Warplands, you know, and it's releasing a new game from Spider Man the 90s horror shows like you play as, as these monsters and that's doing dirty job for From Hell and his from Argentina. It's really fantastic games. So I can, we can talk about people from, from all over uh, Latin America. Absolutely. That we're, we're totally doing that. I'm putting that on the schedule now. <laughs> um, and then uh, our old friend Willie B. Uh, is uh, what are thoughts about setting the table, the mood? Uh, obviously, lower fantasy settings uh, work better for this, uh, for this menagerie of characters and races. And basically, I think he's talking about, we talked about some of this, but how do you get people to realize they're not in Kansas anymore? Is that, <laughs> and why anybody, yeah, anyway, I'm not going to put any jokes there. Yeah. But, <laughs> For weird that's, that's the thing that I talked to you like in, in the game. It started really pretty normal, normal for like a fantasy setting. We have dinosaurs, you have cave people, you have bird people. But it, okay, you go there, you're going to the north to investigate why your your group of tribesmen has had hadn't returned from their trip that should have been uh, back two weeks ago. And they go to uh, like a, a neighborhood village, like their friend village they, they traded before. But they started going there, they started seeing these this gruesome scenes like gore, corpses, and weird stuff being made with, with, with them, you know? And they started seeing, well, something's different. This is not normal. This is not like a, like a dinosaur didn't, didn't do that. Uh, other tribes that live nearby don't do that. And they, now they met the invaders, and then they would see the guy coming back from the dead with his face melted. They start seeing, start small, start intro, if you want to do like the weird, being weird and not just being gozo, start introducing these signs little bits every time, a little bit every session, a little bit, just a little bit more and see how your players are reacting to this. Right. I mean, yeah. so, so you're, and he's kind of alluding to, are you like, I mean, obviously you're playing your game, right? So it's going to be, you know, yeah. the, they're 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 gonna kind of know, okay. right? And you do, you don't present like a like a, a zippo saying, "Oh, now it's, it's it's a zippo," and then you and you open it, flames out. You say like, "Oh, you see this this shiny uh, object? It's stone age, so I can't say it's metal. Shiny object that's that's heavy and like has a rock, but it's smooth. But it has all these these marks that has been used, and like it's been bent or something." 
and then you'd see there's there's a mark and it's something's moving there as you move it's open up and from the, from from inside of it came a flame you know right. you don't know how how this happens like magic or something you have to describe <laughs> stuff from their perspective you know right and and i think that's really important to like get into whatever the perspective of the people are you know of the characters that's what you kind of yeah. like have to describe something as and sometimes if you're like you know like coming from a sci-fi setting and then you're adding this weird magical thing they're like there's it's this the trick of not saying the name of the monster but describing the monster you know? right not saying the name of the move you're making pbta yeah. people like it's it's like you're showing them that sh telling yeah. them and not, not just going Oh yeah, it's just an allosaurus. It's clearly just an allosaurus, yeah. but like, like you're diminishing the object by not just to because yeah. you're in the in the real world. You don't just have a name of a thing like pop up over the top of a thing, right? It's like, like mouse cursor. You go over a person, you see their name. Oh, right, owl bear, right? <laughs> but what could make something weird in a cyberpunk game where they have augmented reality glasses is. Like everything has its name above it, except for this one thing, right? It's like it just it's it, weird it, characters just changing, right? It, weird characters, or it's just like it doesn't know it's there, right? And and just like the computer knows everything except for that, right? Yeah. So you're drawing attention, but you're also amplifying what that is. So, yeah. Well, very cool. I I think that's a that's a great answer to some hard questions from the hardest crew, the Patreon uh, crew. Full Metal Zealots. Really appreciate everybody. Um, yeah, you know, thank you. That's good questions. Yeah. <laughs> I love your reaction in text. It's like, oh, shit, hard questions. <laughs> yeah, um, but it made me think, so that's that's good. Right, yeah. exactly. You have to always be learning. Always be learning. Yeah. Um, so I I've been skipping this. But I intentionally because I know how how deep your knowledge well is and what you you always are vibing on something different. I kind of want to do RPG picks. Like, what have you? What are you currently like really excited about right now? Like, wow, uh, I've been really into old school essentials because that's the stuff I'm producing from. I I won an award for it, and it's it's. It's refreshing BX, but uh, a recent game. Oh, I just got the the Root RPG. Oh wow! Yeah, I just saw you know? uh, just a giant pile. Somebody got mail day of all the stuff. Yeah, I made maps for them. Oh wow! And, nice. And I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm. I'm it's, it's a beautiful produce, and I'm very... I haven't played it yet. Right. And, and I'm, I confess, I'm not a really big PBTA game. Yeah, but uh, the aesthetic of it—it's—it's it's gorgeous, and 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 with a six-year-old at home, I said, I, I gotta get this. Right, I'm very interested to see if like the board game, the board game is actually kind of a hardcore war game, like it's a, it's yeah. an asymmetric hardcore war game. So like every faction plays differently. I can't find the basic game here. I just find the expansions here in Brazil. It's like the basic game is sold out. I can't, that, I can't get it. That, well, I mean, that may, yeah, that may just be a logistics problem as we yeah. are in this new age having all sorts of those. Yeah. But I know, because like I help run a library for our local convention or, uh, you know, our local convention has like a big library that we bring in. And every time I'm like there, somebody's like, somebody's kid's like, oh, I want to play Root. I want to play Root. I'm, and I'm like, I have to kind of go over and be like, Look, this is a really hard game that every player plays differently. You may not want your children because it's going to take you hours to learn this game. Um, I'm really interested yeah. to see now that it's out in physical form. I know the PDFs have probably been out forever, but uh, I want somebody to tell me about whether or not it's a hardcore war game masquerading as a as a cutesy rabbits and bunnies like in the forest game. Because that might be that's more interesting to me than 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 maybe the cover. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, in another game that I'm really super excited about is Primal Quest, the one I've been talking the whole show right. that I'm developing, and it's a weird stone and sorcerer RPG that has influence from from Fate, 
going from Into the Odds, OSR games, Barbarians of Lemuria, and Genesis, and all my own stuff. So it's a really unique system. Uh, you don't have classes. You have like three attributes and five basic aspects, like their tags. And you can make anything from, from a caveman to a dinosaur to a birdman to a time travel. And in and, and, and one single role, you have success or failure with additional consequences or additional setbacks or booms or advantages. And you determine damage, everything with just one role. And it's been working great. Uh, the, the draft rules are, are, are public. You can access them and try them out. The, the initial release would be Primal Quest Essentials. Uh, we'll have all the rooms and a mini hex trial, uh, and it would be a free PDF and a, a cheap like, uh, booklet for it, for it to buy. And we'll support the game with a zine that will bring the setting, uh, new rooms, adventure, character options, monsters, everything for both Primal Quest and Old School Essentials. So you can play using the Primal Quest uh, system we will be developing or this really sturdy functioning that I love BX chassis with old school essentials so stay tuned for that first we'll be releasing Primal Quest and then supporting with the, the zine, the Primal World of Tyre that brings the setting and all this stuff for, for this and old school essentials That's that. it sounds fantastic, we'll put a you have it's public, right? There's a link to it somewhere. I can, yeah, yeah, I can yeah, yeah. I'll drop that in the show notes for the, those, those test documents. It sounds really awesome. I definitely want to, cause I love, I can't, fate is one of those love hate things. I have a love hate relationship with it. I think fate accelerated yeah, is much more fun, but OSR, OSR-ish fate. Right. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm in, I'm in, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at that document. Uh, that sounds amazing. Uh, I just want to mention real quick uh, something I'm looking at now is Osprey is Osprey Games, which has been a, a miniatures games uh, publisher, uh, has started publishing RPG games. Uh, they did one with Alan Barr, but this is uh, Jackals. I think is really interesting. It's a Bronze Age like hardcore fantasy game. Uh, so like Bronze Age stuff, I think doesn't get enough. Like, I love you're doing a Stone Age game, and that's really awesome, because I think that definitely doesn't get enough. But, like, Bronze Age, I think that's yeah. a fantastically interesting period, time of history to you. Yeah. So, Osprey Games, Jackal, I think it's really interesting. Check it out. So, And to mention our Latin author that has a Bronze Age game, uh, you can look for Into the Bronze by Guilherme Gontijo. It's like a Stone Age fantasy game with the into the odd engine it's okay really good and very cool looks fantastic too yeah all right well we'll, well we're gonna have to have a link exchange here because this this is yeah. gonna get pretty long show notes here so yeah. <laughs> very cool well uh, a couple little last uh things uh, and then we'll uh ra- do a you know outro and uh, get out of here so i want to thank the patrons for sticking with me over this time uh, I really appreciate all your help. Uh, the I'm working the, soon. There shall be something that I'm I'm planning on trying the logistics engine on its own. So for something, but stay tuned. But all of the support levels now reflect what you get, which is basically just a Discord reward. Because I'm not. I'm not like Brendan or, or Adam. I didn't have like a, a, a books and stuff I need to sell. I then I don't have control too much of the t-shirt uh, discounts, but they discount our t-shirts all the time. So check out fullmodelrpg.com uh, for links to where you can buy our t-shirts. Uh, I'm I'm in the a new a new t-shirt is in the works. So, but the old the last season t-shirt by Wolfmungus is going out the door this week so by the time you get this on say tuesday or wednesday you've got about three or four days before that's going to sail off into the sunset is i love that t-shirt a lot but i i was i promised it would be limited so as part of the contract with wolf mungus i know he'd make let me sell it forever but i kind of want to make it special so if if you're one of those people that like oh man that's an amazing design uh, you should uh, maybe pick it up here in the next week or two.
too. I might forget about it next week and extend it another week, but just know it's going away soon. But uh, that's I think that's pretty much it. Diogo, do you have anything else you'd like to plug or add longer to the show notes before we uh, close close out and say goodbye? I think I've I've said a lot about Primal Quest, so you can can look for Primal Quest or the Primal World of Taya. We have a, a subreddit for old school publishing now. It's a really active community. It's it's healthy. We're always putting some previews there. It's been cool, and we share some in, even some uh, game design uh, theory posts we have there. So if you wanna check that out, and I'm about to to release you the Cosmos Wars RPG, which is like a space rangers dinosaur uh, RPG, and <laughs> that's family friendly, and we'll be releasing soon too. Yeah. So I told you you release at least two more games by the end of this episode, and I he delivered. So uh, <laughs> it's already made. I know. I'm just <laughs> anyway. Thank yeah. you very much, Diogo. Thank it's, you. It's been thank fantastic. I want to. Yeah. Have you again uh, soon, and maybe we'll talk about uh, designers in your area. Thank sure. you. They will love that. Yeah, I will love that. Thank you. Thank Good you. night. Good night. <laughs> Raw. Thank you.